This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking Nets, one seventy three. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go go hard. Talking Nets, hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 173. Soon we'll be at 175, 200. And with the Never Know Nets, you never know when you're going to have to record. But it's good to get in uh, the third episode this week, especially going into the holiday. Next week, I'll be overseas. I'm sure Hudson will be back with his family, Robin with his family, uh, celebrating Thanksgiving and all of that. So, We come together on this Friday afternoon after the Nets beat the number one team in the West. They're going to welcome Kyrie back Sunday, and I'd like to welcome my co-host in right now, Robin Lumberg. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. You know, I I talked about a bet at the the top of the last show. I actually bet on the Nets last night on the money line. I kind of had a a feeling they were going to win that game. The Blazers don't have the same kind of personnel inside to give them problems. And with the Kyrie resolution – I felt like, uh, you know, there would be a committed spirit. And through all the hysteria, by the way, they went five and three in the eight games without Kyrie. There you go. Uh, not too much to take away from that. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't even want to get into the, the comparison game until until we see what Kyrie brings uh, against Memphis. But man, last night it felt fun again. And uh, in the intro, somebody mentioned how we've been doing a lot of shows lately. You have to with this team. There's always always a new story always something new breaking the nets the nets just they they just are they are an endless supply of content they are the nba's most interesting team and so uh in that way i'm grateful to cover them yeah so here we go we might as well get right into the game last night the brooklyn nets and their road trip out west and uh we got a little bit of bulletin board material from uh the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. So Brian Lewis from the New York Post asked Chauncey Billups if he's seen a team with as much drama as the Nets. And Chauncey said, no, other than last time we played them, uh, it was different issues, different people. It's always just something. It's just tough to get going in a situation like that. Uh, I never played with that type of dysfunction. Chauncey, we're not even going to get started on you, bro, but We'll get started on this game. What a game. Hopefully you stayed up and watched your Brooklyn Nets. Hopefully you weren't jaded by the Kings loss. 
The Nets go out there and they play the game of the year. That's the game of the year. I know we had some other games that were game of the year, but this is game of the year. 109-107, the Nets escape, and uh, Royce O'Neal has his first triple-double. I was watching the post game, just, you know, couldn't go to sleep after that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this whole post game. I'm going to take this one in. That, that's a special game. The Nets had 32 assists. That's a season high. Ball movement. These guys are moving the ball. And uh, what I'll say about the game last night, you were looking for a response because the last episode we had was after the Kings game. They gave up 153 points. KD has his comments to the media, to Chris Haynes and Mark Spears. And it just looks like a mess, man. It, it looks like a dumpster fire, a fucking disaster. I was ashamed to talk about the Nets. And uh, that's why I say they're the Never No Nets. That's why I named the title of this episode, Never No Nets Beat the Best in the West. They go and beat the number one team in the West. Portland is 10-5. and five. And something I wanted to note, which is why I put this up here, the Warriors are 6-9. and nine. They're not getting the same energy that the Brooklyn Nets are getting. The Los Angeles Lakers are 3-10. and 10. They're also not getting the same energy because they're just cooked. In the East, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets at 7-9, and nine, the Chicago Bulls right under them who were, you know, neck and neck with the Nets at one point last year. I know it's last year. Uh, but there's some teams that I don't think are in the correct spot, right? Like the New York Knicks. The Knicks are 8-7. and seven. The Nets smacked them. I know it's early in the season. It's way too early to be taking screenshots of the standings, but I figured I'd sprinkle that in here as we talk about uh, this early on with the Brooklyn Nets. And a big win last night. There's so many themes. Wherever you guys want to go, wherever you guys want to start, Ben Simmons, that's his best game of the year. I already mentioned Royce O'Neal, his triple-double. That's his best game of the year. Picked up KD big time with that tip in. KD hit your free throws. Can, can I stop the podcast to say this to Kevin Durant? Hit your free throws. I just listened to your podcast with my guy, Eddie Gonzalez, where you were talking about you were still thinking about that free throw you missed against Luka and the Mavs. Well, now you got two free throws to think about. Luckily, this one didn't end in an L. I'll pass the mic off to Robin Lumberg. Go for it, Robin. Well, yeah, Keith, uh, the Kevin Durant and the four bums he started with, the, the, the <laughs> right. bums around Kevin Durant did pick him up at the end of the game. So shout out to them. I see a comment from Ramon Castro who says, when Kyrie comes back, whose minutes go down in the rotation? Look, I, I, I think we've spent so much time talking about Kyrie. You mentioned the ball movement. That's something I want to see continue when Kyrie gets back. As far as the, the minutes in the rotation going away, I'll, I'll – Begin with one negative. Cam Thomas has had an opportunity over this stretch of games, and he has failed to seize it. So if I'm looking at somebody in the rotations minutes really going down, it would be Cam Thomas. Now to the positives, and there were a lot from that game. Number one, Ben Simmons. That was a revelatory performance from Ben Simmons. That's the first – like he's had little baby steps. He, he's had little times where you go, oh, maybe he has a little pop, or you know, he's slowly getting better, or he could be filling a role – that was the first time Ben Simmons looked like Ben Simmons of old, where you went, oh, yeah, this was an all-star. It was also the first time I thought to myself while watching the game, keep him in. Keep him in the game. <laughs> Every other time, I'm like, take him out. <laughs> take him out of the game. And, and Ben changed the dynamics of that game on both ends of the floor. He locked up Damian Lillard on possessions. 
He was pushing the pace. He was finding teammates. He aggressively took it to the cup a few times, including a Euro step. Six for six from the floor, I believe he was. So if that's the version of Ben Simmons, if he's going to continue trending in that direction, that is a huge change from where we were the last time we spoke about the Nets. And all the drama, it makes it very hard to be rational, right, when you're discussing this team because you do find yourself going from extreme to extreme. The other quick things I wanted to touch on, Yuta Watanabe, who I think is a key member of this uh, rotation at this point. In fact, he might uh, should be starting coming up soon. The way he rebounds the ball, the way he defends the length, the way he's hitting threes. Uh, to me, you know, Joe Harris should be looking over his shoulder when it comes for, for his job at, at that spot in the rotation because Yuta also plays well off KD and those guys. So uh, all in all, you, you got the, the contributions from guys like Royce O'Neal, but uh, a, a really good team win for the, the Nets. And, and Jacques Vaughn continues to impress with, with both his enthusiasm and his demeanor. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, touching on the Ben Simmons point, one of the biggest things we saw there was the fact that he hit clutch free throws. Three or four from the line, he hit clutch free throws when two or two from the line in a really clutch spot while he was getting talked to. And when you have a narrative about Ben Simmons where he can't ha handle the scrutiny, he shouldn't have passed when he was wide open for a basket with the 76ers. He's playing, he's playing timid. He doesn't look like the old Ben Simmons. He looks afraid to drive. When you see a mentality difference like that, I think that's huge. Obviously, the physical stuff will come. I think that will come with time as time goes by, as he gets better, as he heals. But the mentality change to hit those free throws in a clutch time for the Nets, I think, I think that's absolutely huge. And then again, touching on onto Utah, I think obviously he, as of right now, I know it's early in the season, he is the NBA's leading three-point shooter. He hits, I think he's like 50.4% among qualified shooters, which is shooting over, I think, four uh, threes or something like that a game. Ridiculous numbers. He's not a volume shooter by, by any stretch of the imaginations, but he's doing exactly the job that we asked Joe Harris to do. All those years back, especially when we got James Harden, all of the comments were, well, think about how open the other guys are going to be. Think about how wide open Joe Harris, the best three-point shooter in the league, is going to be. And the NBA is a league where you have to continue showing up. And as much as I love Joe Harris, as much as I have enjoyed him over the years, especially you know back in the three-point champion days, all that stuff, wonderful. But it's put up or shut up for him, and he can't coast off of reputation alone. And at this point, if we have someone who is playing better than him and consistently playing better than him, in relatively similar minutes, you you have to start looking towards not only the hot hand, but the player that has consistently proven it. And so when we bring Kyrie back, and again, hopefully Kyrie commits to ball movement. I saw a comment uh, from Strevenus. Wow. Wow. That's 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 a, that's a last name that I will not uh, even <laughs> attempt to pronounce. Uh, Keith, if you could throw that up there. But they asked, will Kyrie be committed to the ball movement and the intensity in the defense? That's the only question pending. If Kyrie is committed to that ball movement, and we have seen him do it, he's not only a ball stopper. I think putting Yuta in the in the starting lineup is only a plus move for the Nets, and it's one that you can test out early in the season and see how it goes. But right now, I think the returns would be absolutely positive. The identity of the Brooklyn Nets needs to continue to be defense and ball movement, no matter if it's KD, Kyrie, Utah, Watanabe, Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas. I want to talk about Cam Thomas for a minute. There is, uh, there's rumors about John Collins floating around. There is going to be a trade. They're, like this, this team, they are destined 
for trades to be made to change this roster. Kevin Durant isn't calling out his starting five for no reason. Um, a lot of us have already said blow it up. I know I've said probably five different times blow it up. They're not going to blow it up. They're going for it this year. They know it's early on. Last night, I think, was the first game where I looked at Cam Thomas and I'm like, I think you got to trade this kid if you can. Uh, he was a minus seven. He had zero points. Uh, he played seven minutes, not that much. But there were just times where I think I, there was a point where I saw Ben yelling at him. Like, he just wasn't closing out. And, like, he's a liability when he comes out there. Uh, I know it's only year two. But I'm thinking now, like, okay, the what's the identity of this team? They have more size now. That's something that they didn't have last year against the Celtics. When you look at them roll out there with Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal, Utah Watanabe, Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, you're like, okay, this is a team with some length. Pause. This, these are some guys that are big dudes. Pause. That's what you need to be able to compete. They learned a hard lesson last year running out there with Goran Dragic and Patty Mills and Bruce Brown. What is the, the thing that you guys think this team needs most? I think they need a big. I think they need an actual center. I know they're playing around with Ben Simmons as the center. I know they're playing around with Nick Claxton as the center. And uh, last night, honestly, coming off um, the game against Sabonis, I thought Yusef Nurkic was going to kill us. We've seen him kill us before as Nets fans. It don't matter what, like, it doesn't matter what year we've seen him cook us. But uh, I'm about to throw up the, you know, defense because look at this. Look, if you look at the box score last night, right? He didn't kill. He had 17 points. They held Anthony's. There was a point early in the game where I was like, okay, Dame has a little bit of a squad and a coach. They were cooking. But the defense shut them down by the end of the game. So you get 20 points off the bench from Shaden Sharp, but you hold Damian Lillard to 25. Dame was trying to go Dame time late in the game. He didn't have it. Uh, Anthony Simons, another talented player that can run it up. You keep him under 25. And then, you know, Josh Hart, the biggest thing, you know, take Josh Hart out of it. I just mentioned him, too, as a starter. They kept Jeremy Grant to five points in 37 minutes. Ben Simmons locked up. Ben Simmons will lock up Nurkic. He'll lock up Dame. He'll lock up whoever. Um, I was impressed with the defense last night, and I also was impressed with Jacques Vaughn just being so into the game. He's loud. He's vocal. Um, that last time out made me laugh at the end of the game. Uh, I think there was like five seconds left on the shot clock, and, and Jacques Vaughn ran and called the timeout. And I was like, that's something that Nash would have never done. He would have let that whole thing play out, and I think there was like 30 seconds left in the game. Go for it, Robin. But yeah, and Jacques Vaughn runs practices unlike Nash, right? Like, at least according to KD. You know, it's odd that KD has such an affinity for Cam Thomas. Sometimes it makes me wonder, you know, is his uh, judge of talent always in the right place, or is he thinking more about, like, quote-unquote bucket getters or guys that, that have a bag? Now they have two of those guys, clearly, with, with KD and Kyrie. I don't think it's a total coincidence that they played better defense over this stretch throw out the, the the Sacramento game without Kyrie. That's another area Kyrie's going to have to buy in when he gets back. Um, as far as a need, it's been said over and over again, they do need size, but the, the problem with that is they need size that can shoot. You know, so it has it can't just be a big body. It has to be a big body that can stretch the floor. But one of the, the reasons I'm making the case for Watanabe to play more and, and probably start is he rebounds. You know, he rebounds, he plays with energy, he moves without the ball. He's fearless. And, yeah, for sure. And, and Joe Harris, I, I don't mean to come off like I'm hating on the guy or anything like that, but I just don't trust him. Like, I don't trust him to make 
Like, even when he makes shots early, I don't trust him to make the shot he has to make. I, I, I feel like he's always involved in these loose balls that wind up going to the other team and leading to a three. Or he, he winds up driving into the paint and getting blocked, and that leads to transition. Yuta just seems to play better off the other guys, and he's shooting well enough where you're not losing from that shooting size. So you're gaining size, you're gaining energy, you're gaining rebounding, all those sort of things. I, I think one of the roster issues they're also going to have to address and deal with, and, and Claxton and Simmons actually played okay with each other last night, but if you're talking about their best players, their best players are Katie and Kyrie, Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, right? And and then I would say Utah. So, like, you're, you're talking about – And Royce. Yeah, and Royce. That's the guy, but clearly, you don't know. I, I shouldn't have omitted him. That's their six best, six best guys, and two of them kind of occupy this, the same space and haven't played together so well. So maybe Ben just being Ben changes that a ton. He's been that, aggressive. Remember last episode, I was talking about him driving to the lane. Like he looked different. He hit a euro last night. I'm like, what the fuck got into him? <laughs> like what got into him was the team meeting and the media. And now he's played a few NBA games this season. He had confidence. He was scoring the ball. He looked different. Go for it, Hudson. Yeah, I think to continue the Utah point, one thing that's always stuck out to me about him, which is this is a throwback, but do you guys remember uh, the um, the Anthony Edwards dunk of the year from uh, either last year or two years ago where he was playing against the Raptors, he drove baseline and just absolutely destroyed Utah, like put him in a grave. The but only that, clip that, only, that anyone knew yeah, Utah for. Right, right, right. <laughs> That, that play only happens, that poster only happens because Yuta went up with him, right? And that's something, if you go all the way back to Jared Allen, something we always praised him for. Jared Allen has that classic block against LeBron, but he also gets dunked on by the same players because he's willing to have that fearlessness to go up with somebody who is is trying to put put one on your head, you know, put you on a highlight reel, right? And I think that's something that the Nets benefit from, that that ability and willingness to commit to playing basketball even if it isn't the flashiest basketball even if it isn't the the most highlight moments because the truth of the matter with Yuta is that his three-point shooting is going to come down to earth he is not going to be a 50 rhythm three percent three-point shooter for the rest of the year right that's just not going to happen he's probably going to fall somewhere closer to 40 right if we're if we're if we're lucky you know but what we're not going to lose is somebody with the ability and the willingness to do those little things especially on the defensive side that the nets are in in such desperate need of and that actually uh, brings me to my next point, which is about John Collins. And uh, I, honestly, I, I asked both of you this just with genuine curiosity. Do you think he is the the right ad, the the perfect ad that he is being touted, uh, you know, for coming to the Nets in this in this trade package? Do you think it would be the right move? Because I'm not convinced. I mean, I think he's an upgrade as far as the the roster and the, the talent. Uh, he's not shooting the ball from three. Well, this season, which is slightly concerning, but maybe the fact that he's always caught up in the, these trade rumors and, and the like, I, I, I don't think there's here's the thing. What are the Nets going to do? Like if they can do if they can get John Collins, I think that's a huge win considering what they have to give in, in return. It's not like we're talking about they're going to be shipping out like some coveted thing. So the, the you have to have some sort of realistic expectations on what might come back and return. So I know he's been linked to the team for a long time, and, and I agree, he's not, he's not a perfect player or anything like that. But relative to what the, the Nets have to send out, I, I think he, he'd certainly be a good ad. He, he's certainly in, in – he, he would be in their rotation amongst their, their best guys.
I think we're Nets fans. We want to trade for every possible name that comes up, whether it's Miles Turner or uh, in the past Brad Beal or Drew Holiday, like every single guy that comes up and that's on the block. Nets fans are like, go get him. Sean Marks, you better be on the phone. Uh, and we end up trading for James Harden and then trading him away for Ben Simmons. And here we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did I want to hit on next? Oh, hack of Ben. So I, you knew it was coming. You've seen it before. And if Ben Simmons is going to be on the floor late in the game, it's strategy. Man, earlier I said, KD, hit your free throws. Ben Simmons went three for four. I thought he was going to go 0 for four. Hack of Ben, he he handled his business. And Jacques Vaughn said, we, we expect him to step up and make those free throws. And he did. I was happy to see that. I don't expect that to always be the case. But in a game like that down the stretch, Ben Simmons didn't fail, man. That was his best game as a net. And we can only hope he builds on that. Yeah, I mean, like, I loved what Josh, uh, Jock Vaughn said after the game. They asked him if he considered taking Ben Simmons out, and he said, no, nah, we knew he was going to hit those free throws. That's the kind of mentality, that's the kind of message and positive affirmation to send Ben's way. And maybe, who knows, maybe he exercised some demons there as far as making a few of those shots. I don't believe any of us think that um, Ben is going to be an 80% free throw shooter, right? I'll take one out of two. <laughs> in those situations 50% <laughs> if, you, if I know he's gonna get me one out of two I'll take it because then it like it, it it lessens the effectiveness of, of them fouling the, the strategic element behind it and, and I want to shout out this guy I, Hudson already read his chat but uh Serena's Serena's I, I don't know how to you did that name. one on your own you but, you put uh, yourself in that situation yeah sorry dude but you're you're crushing it in the the chat today because the lineup that you said you wanted to see is a lineup I also want to see Katie Royce Kyrie Ben and Yuta I think that that's probably their five guys and then you also suggested Kyle Kuzma as a, a trade candidate and he's a um uh he, he's he'd be perfect he'd be the perfect ad for this team. He says you can call me Indian fan. Could have hey, had him. We could have had him. I don't even want to go backwards, but you know when we could have had him. My wife's name is Dapika, dude, and my my kids are named Raj, Rani, and Rohan. So I'm I'm usually not, you know, struggling too much with the pronunciations. <laughs> Yours is just a little bit of an, an adventure. SB. I'm gonna just call <laughs> yeah. him SB. I think um, SB's I think SB's good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so um that's a good win. That's a big win. I think the Nets world was alive and activated Last night, uh, you know, that whole game was a fun watch. Joe Harris started off hot. Utah, automatic. He ends up super hot to end the game. The Trailblazers being a top team in the West with superstar in, uh, with superstar talent in Dame Lillard. The Nets go and get it done. Uh, I think the theme of the game was that, you know, KD said what he said. And he said it wasn't disrespect. But he said what he said. And he did get a response out of guys. I feel like Joe Harris took it personal. He came out firing. Um, and then, you know, Ben Simmons played his best game. And he didn't even mention Ben Simmons. He didn't mention Ben Simmons or Utah. And they balled out. So, <laughs> Royce Royce had the tip in and had his uh, first triple-double. And, I mean, I just felt like all was right. And sometimes you need a win like that. They were a few days removed from L.A. So that's always good for you as well. And, uh you know, before we move on to the Kyrie conversation, anything else you guys want to add on the Nets 109-107 win over the Portland Trail Blazers, the number one team in the West right now? I mean, it's just a reminder, and and it's hard, and, and I'm guilty of it too, uh, you know. Um, but games on national TV don't count more than games that aren't on national TV. 
scores aren't cumulative into the next game or else, you know, the, the Knicks game would have helped the, the, the Nets win a game after that, right? I mean, I think they did anyway, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Just like the Kings loss isn't going to go the other way. And, and I, I believe if you had said, given the way that the season started um, and given how uh, disastrous the whole Kyrie ordeal was, that there would be an eight-game period Kyrie wasn't playing in, and the Nets would go five and three, and Ben Simmons would find himself during that time period, and, and you'd also kind of convince yourself on a, a couple of the other guys as far as being actual members of the rotation. I think we all would have signed up for that. Can't complain, right? Can't complain at the end of the day. Not with not with that not with that game. Not with the even the thought that you can leave Ben Simmons in during crunch time in a close game like that. I know we, we just mentioned it, but what a confidence move that Jacques Vaughn gave him, right? You know, playing him in those moments that where he really hasn't been so effective, at, you know, throughout the season. I think, man, I just I'm, I, that game really did make me excited for the future. OK, now let's close the pod with Kyrie Irving talk. I see uh, in the chat, Sade said, I thought we said no Kyrie talk. Yeah, no Kyrie talk until we get an update, until we like, you know, that was maybe four episodes ago where we were like there's nothing to talk about he's suspended uh we didn't know if he was going to actually do the things they asked we didn't know if they wanted him back there was a ton of people saying he was never going to play for the nets again and that's why i call the nets the never know nets none of us know we don't know anything so on to the Kyrie conversation obviously you guys all know uh woes dropped the bomb a couple days ago now that Kyrie would be back sunday and i felt that um it, it, it's important to say this, Kyrie. You know whether I don't know whether whether Joe Sy has a beef with Kyrie or not. It doesn't matter, yo. This is supposed to be basketball. He is a great player. He made a mistake. I think he more than paid for that mistake. I would love to see the guy apologize, but you can't make a grown man do something that he you know doesn't feel like he needs to do. Whatever. I'm just trying to get to a place where we can move on. But what I what I appreciated was. Uh, let me see if I can find a tweet about it. They said that Kyrie actually went above and beyond in what was required of him. And there were so many people saying, oh, Kyrie would never do this. Kyrie, pff, no way. Kyrie ain't going to do that. That's too much. What y'all need Kyrie to do all that? That's crazy. They said he went above and beyond. And they also said that uh, he's not going to be required to give up that half a million dollars. I don't know the numbers on his contract and how many he, he missed eight days and what's he making 40 million. Uh, so I don't know if you do the math on uh, 82 games and 40 million a year and missing eight games. So he already, you know, he already lost over a half a million. Probably he's on his way back Sunday against the Memphis Grizzlies at home. I didn't expect him to join the West coast trip. Um, I also said about Kyrie, you know, bro doesn't play a full season anyway. This was just his, all right, I got through uh, camp. I got through the first couple of weeks of the season, take a little break, hang out with my boys, hang out with the fam, and I'll see you on a little bit. So uh, now your thoughts on Kyrie rejoining this team after a big win, uh, Kyrie Irving not having to pay the half a million dollars to the ADL and the report that Kyrie went above and beyond to satisfy some of those things that were asked of him uh, by the Brooklyn Nets. 
I hope the above and beyond thing is true. However, Shams is the source of it, and I'm not doubting Shams' reporting, but I do know that Shams gets a lot of his Kyrie information from Kyrie and Kyrie's camp. So it behooves Kyrie and Kyrie's camp to say that Kyrie went above and beyond in that regard. I, ho- I hope it's true. I hope Kyrie comes back and plays great. You know, I, I, I want to move forward positively. Kyrie's a great player. We all know, like, no one doubts. No one in their right mind doubts Kyrie's ability. His ability is off the charts. He he's touched by the the blender of gods. If he wasn't he good, in. we wouldn't be going through all this. <laughs> yeah. Like, of if course. he was a bum, we would never be going through all yeah, this. Yes. And with that said, the reason with that said, the reason that I am uh I was saying before that I didn't want him back and, and all that is just because it never ends with Kyrie. You know, it's not about this one instance. One man shouldn't be shamed into apologizing or paying the money, though you would wish he would uh, give it the same treatment he gave not apologizing or, or not, you know, like in, in front of a camera. But we're going almost like four years running with something with Kyrie now. And, and Boston, there was stuff with Kyrie. And, and Kyrie leaving Cleveland, there was stuff with Kyrie. There's going to be so, something else. There's too many yeah. months left, left and, in the season. There's going to be something else. And that's the that's the problem I have. It just feels like it um, – it's not a parachute. It's a it's a, a black cloud that you attach yourself to. And, and at some point, you have to cut those strings and, and let them go. Um, and, but at the same time, of course, they're a more talented team with Kyrie. And, and of course, we're all, I think, once again, going to convince ourselves, oh, Kyrie's back. Look at this team on paper. Look what they were just doing. You had <laughs> Kyrie. Woo! You know, so that that's just what it is. It's 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 a roller coaster. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I would echo him doing those things required to come back and uh, just going to take Shams' word at face value uh, that that he did go above and beyond. I, sure, I truly hope he did. Awesome. I think that's great. I think that alleviates a lot of the, the moral burden on having Kyrie on your team. But at this point, from both uh, a basketball perspective, as well as this the whole extraneous stuff that Kyrie always brings uh, to make it a general term. I hope we don't lose the things that we've gained in this time without him, because we have gained at least in most games, a defensive identity. You know, we just, in our last game had a season high uh, for assists per game, right? We, we are, we're on this, this new era with Jacques Vaughn. And I hope we don't lose those things that we gained. I hope Kyrie comes back and is bought in or buys in as quickly as Kyrie can. Uh, to what we have going on here. And at this point, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up that things are going to be wildly better, that we're going to have the championship prayed down Atlantic Ave. But Kyrie makes us a better team. And if he buys in, he could make us a great team. And if he plays all of the games, he could make us a really great team. Uh, I, I feel like I've been hurt too many times. I don't know what to believe. But at, at this point, what do we have left, you know? as Nets fans, he's going to be there. He's going to be playing. And so I'm going to, especially after he completed the things that he needed to complete, I'm going to let myself be hurt again. He, he, if he's a serious individual or ever going to be one, by the way, he's in a contract year. He, he's not a serious, serious individual. I know he's not, of course. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, like, I'm, I'm a guy, I try to be a good person and hope for the best in people. So like, I, I, I'll never, it's never too late. It's never too late. I'm the, I'm the first one saying it's going to be something else. We're all going to be complaining about Kyrie again. There's going to be some more dramatic situation that comes up. And, and we thought going into the year, the contract thing would, would matter. But after this, and it's still being a contract year, like 
if if it hasn't been hammered home to him that not just his future with the Nets, which is probably not existing beyond this year, but his future in the league is dependent on this stretch that he's about to play. I'm still repping him. I'm still outside. I'm still repping him. Uh, no, I can I can only wear this in the house because, like I told you before we started the show, if I if I wear this, I mean, one, I got to put a hoodie on and throw it on over over it. But if I wear this outside, then I get attacked. I'm anti-Semitic. I'm anti-vax. I hate Jews. I hate science. I think the Earth is flat. He's wearing a Kyrie jersey, by the way, for those of you listening. Yeah, for the audience, that's only uh, audio only. I have my Kyrie jersey on, which is one of my favorite jerseys. I have a few Kyrie jerseys. I said before we did the show, I got to stop buying Kyrie jerseys. I want the new white Basquiat. I'm damn sure not getting number 11. I want the new ABA look. I'm damn sure not getting 11 because he's he's definitely not going to be a net. After this I gotta, season. You got to get a Yuta jersey. That seems like yeah, an investment yeah. that's not going to go bad in the same way. Yeah, I said last night they need to put Yuta in the uh, meme that's like Rim, Swim, Kim, and then they put a picture of Yuta as him. I mean, that dude was just <laughs> – he was just doing it, man. Like, that's what you hope to see, right? You see a guy knock down open shots, clutch shots, and he's not affected. He couldn't miss, and he helped keep us in the game. So, I mean, shout out to Yuta. Uh, let's see. Last couple things about Kyrie. I saw in the chat you guys are talking about, um, you know, Cook Carter, big Nets fan, always flexing, VIP level memberships and uh, access at Barclays. Uh, he said he lost his sneaker deal already. And then SB said Nike suspended, but, uh, you know, not terminated him. I'll say this about Nike. Fuck Nike. And I have given Nike a ton of money. But, like, they wanted to get rid of Kyrie last year. And then when they jump ship this year, it was just kind of like, Whatever, they're not releasing his shoe. I think they wanted to be done with him. Um, I think they just piled on. If I was Kyrie, I'm wearing my shoes. Somebody else in another group chat I'm in with the Nets, I think we have a like fans of Flatbush group chat on Twitter where they're like, what shoes are, Ky- are Kyrie going to wear or is Kyrie going to wear Sunday? Like, he's not going to wear his Nikes. I'm like, those are his shoes. He designed them. Those, th- those are his shoes. He should wear his shoes when he plays. I think he should wear the Spencer Dinwiddie signature shoe. Do you guys remember I mean, that from a couple years ago? If he's, got got he's, anymore. If he's not careful, he's going to have to start making Starberries, you know, at, at some point down the line. So uh, Kisima98 sends a message saying, man, for people who want to stop talking about Kyrie, y'all sure do bring him up just to, you know, shit on him. If you're over Kyrie, stop talking about him. Come on. I mean, like, Kyrie, here's the thing. I think everybody, like, I wish Kyrie could be my favorite player. He's so fun to watch, right? But, like, Kyrie plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He's on the team. He's constantly in the news. He's about to return from suspension. Of course, we're talking about Kyrie. On the other hand, of course, we're tired of talking about Kyrie because it never ends with Kyrie. And and, and I get where people are fans, and I get they want to defend their guy and everything like that. And and I I don't want to make it personal. I don't hate him or anything like that. But if you can't see that all of these situations – are self-made situations by Kyrie, then you are blind. Then you are blind. You're, you're basically wearing a, a blindfold, walking off the side of the flat earth. I, also, I, of course we talk about him, right? We're, we do a Brooklyn Nets podcast. I, I, again, I, we, if we were doing this podcast when the Nets were winning 12 games in a season, we would probably be sick of talking about the 12-win Nets, but we would still talk about them because it's kind of our kind of our job here. I mean, you know, at, at least a little bit. 
All right, my turn. I'm wearing a Kyrie jersey. I'm excited for Kyrie to come back. And uh, this fucking podcast is called Talking Nets. We're supposed to talk about the Nets. We're supposed to talk about Kyrie Irving. He is a Brooklyn Net. It sucks that we have to talk about him in a negative light. It sucks that it's always conversation about something else like Amazon films and anti-Semitism or anti-vax and conspiracy theories. I wish we could talk about his 26 points per game, his five assists, what he's going to do when he comes back to the Nets. What's the plan for him? There's some uncertainty with Jacques Vaughn talked about it last night. There's some uncertainty with reincorporating Irving. My approach is the train is going to keep moving. That train of playing hard, playing together, being a team, that's going to continue. It's going to be up to me to get our group to incorporate everybody. I wish we could keep it to basketball, but Kyrie doesn't keep it to basketball. So let me say this before we go back and end the pod. When Kyrie comes back Sunday, I hope he goes dark on social media, but he's going to throw up a, 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 I don't know. Infinity and beyond. Infinity and beyond. (laughs) He's going to throw up an emoji and talk about being an omnist and how he loves everyone. His actions have to show that, though. And I'd rather him say less. I'd rather him say nothing so that we don't have to talk about him and keep piling on like everyone else. And I don't want anyone to think that I hate Kyrie. I don't think anybody on this podcast hates Kyrie, but we hate having to talk about Kyrie. Don't get this twisted. The Glue Guys podcast, I think they hate Kyrie. I look at their tweets. I remember last week there was, a, I think, maybe the first or second game they tweeted out, Kyrie who? And I, I said something from the Talking Nets account, like, give it a rest. Can you take a night off from Kyrie? He's suspended for the next five games. The first game without him, you got a tweet about Kyrie who? I also came on this podcast and said I don't believe the Nets are better without Kyrie. I'm not dumb. I watch enough basketball. I have eyes to see that any team is better with a Kyrie Irving. Now let's uh, close the pod. The Nets shouldn't be better without Kyrie. I'm going to put it that way. I, I'm, I'm not saying they are. I, they shouldn't be better without Kyrie for all the reasons you just stated because he's a brilliant basketball player. So that's the challenge for Kyrie, to make sure that the Nets are better with Kyrie Irving. And I think that's a challenge that Jock Vaughn sort of issued with those comments you put up, Keith. You know, if, if he didn't feel there may be a little bit of a challenge, he would have just said, oh, that's no issue. We're getting Kyrie Irving back. Of course we're going to get better. He said there is a challenge to incorporating Kyrie, and it's my job to make sure that this train keeps rolling. Because since Kyrie's been out, has the ball movement been better? Yes. Has the defense been better? Yes. If Kyrie is back and he's playing defense and moving the ball, will the team be better? Yes, because they're adding someone who is able to. He's the best get-out-of-jail-free card there maybe is in league history. Like, if you told me my life is on the line and I need one guy to to score in a tight spot, it might be Kyrie because his ability to navigate those small areas and get his shot off at any time. So it gives the Nets another creator like that. But the challenge, the onus, is for Kyrie Irving to make sure that the Nets are playing what we want to call Nets basketball, and that he's a part of that. Yeah. Kyrie one-on-one is poetry in motion. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's like listening to an opera or something. He's just, and I said this right at the beginning of the Kyrie drama, he is one of the most talented, if not the most talented basketball players, just naturally gifted. He's he's crazy. He's dedicated so much to his craft. It's It's amazing. It's wonderful. He's so annoying. And it's annoying to talk about. And I wish he was a 2K player where you didn't have to deal with all of this stuff. And I want the Nets to be better with him on the team. But I am not 
going I'm going to let him convince me. I'm not going to to assume that the Nets will automatically incorporate themselves perfectly just like Jacques Vaughn said. I'm going to I'm going to let him I'm going to let him show us why we should trust him to be a basketball player for the Brooklyn Nets. One more real quick basketball point on that. Uh, Kyrie's always been best off the ball, you know, even back with the Cavs with, with LeBron. And when uh, he and Harden were playing together, he played at his best next to Harden uh, with Harden controlling the ball. If Ben Simmons can be that big point guard, um, maybe that will help incorporate Kyrie as Ben's minutes go up and then Kyrie can play off the ball off Ben. It's funny you mentioned James Harden because I literally was going to make a joke. Like, stop talking about James Harden because he's not on the team anymore. We don't talk about James Harden. But there was weeks after that trade that we had to talk about James Harden. It is what it is. We're in the media. We're doing a podcast. And most importantly, we're Nets fans. Jay from BK dropped something in there, and we'll close on this. Jay from BK said, Kai will still get the loudest ovation Sunday night, regardless of Twitter opinions and narratives. He has always been the fan favorite net. He's from Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. I've rooted for the guy since I ever heard of him. Never thought he'd be on the New Jersey Brooklyn Nets. And now that he's coming back, we welcome him back with open arms. He made a mistake. Hopefully he learned from it and doesn't double down on it. But I can't trust that. What I hope is that he he comes in and he helps his team and he doesn't make it about himself. He makes it about being all in like the season was supposed to be about being all in for the Brooklyn Nets to win as many games as possible and build a team that could potentially make a run into the playoffs. And we're not there yet. We're still building, but Kyrie helps. So um, I had to, I had to put bro in timeout. You're in the chat yeah. talking nonsense. We're not, There's... we're not you. We're not random anonymous guys with a, a picture of the Brooklyn bridge up and then come into our chat to say, Oh, why are you talking about Kyrie? If you don't want to talk about him, I do want to talk about him, but I rather not talk about him and anti-Semitism. I'd rather not talk about him and anti-vax shit. I'd rather talk about him dropping 35 points and going off. And hopefully we'll get to do that Sunday. The Memphis Grizzlies always beat the Nets. We definitely need Kyrie's help. Uh, they're not going to have Desmond Bain. I'm looking forward to it. Cook Carter says something about uh, Keith, are we throwing dice Sunday at the game? I don't know what that means, bro. I don't know what that means, bro. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pulling up to the game Sunday. But that's all we've got, man. Talking Nets, episode 173. Last episode, I think I was just disgusted with everything. I think I was just upset with everything. Uh, that's the first episode of Talking Nets that I didn't end the right way. So I apologize for that. But, hey, we appreciate everybody pulling up uh, to the YouTube to interact with us, uh, following us on Twitter and subscribing to the pod. Keep it going. We've got you. Um, a little programming note. We're going to try and do a show on Monday, but then uh, I'm going to London Wednesday, and you guys already know Wednesday is Thanksgiving Eve, and then you get Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and then that weekend, and everybody is with family and friends and on vacation, so uh, we probably won't have a podcast for probably close to a week. So we're going to take a little bit of a week off, a week break, and hopefully the Nets win games. And we come back with some positive stuff to talk about, specifically basketball things to talk about and not articles and rumors and conspiracy theories and other nonsense. So this is how we end the show. Let's go Nets. Nets. I got to say it four times. Let's, Let's go, go Nets. Nets. Let's, Let's go, go Nets. Nets.
Let's, Let's go, go Nets. Come on, I can't get the time in time. <laughs> no, we'll never be able to get you, the time. No, I, I, the, I know the delay because I, I, I tried to in the early days. In the early days of Talking Nets, I tried to get with it. But the the delay makes it impossible. You're never gonna you're never gonna match up on time. Nah, there's somebody listening though that's like Brooklyn. <laughs>